Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Hi, morning guys. Morning. I thought worship was so good today, by the way. I thought it was really good. You know, um, Jesus said before he, uh, part, before he went to the cross, he said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And he said one of the key things the Holy Spirit will do, he said, he will glorify me. I think the Holy Spirit loves it when we glorify God. You know, those are my favorite songs, when Jesus is glorified, when God is given his due praise. So, um, so yeah, good morning, everyone. Um, obviously, we're doing this series this, this, uh, this month of Made for More. Um, oh, that's better, yeah. Uh, Tom, Tom did a PowerPoint. Tyler, I think, got some props out. I've got nothing, so you just have to listen to me. So nothing, no fancy stuff going on here. So sorry about that, guys. But... Um, Today I'm going to preach on um, the gifting of God, um, the gifts that God's given us, the, the calling of God on, on our lives, and um, also just how to walk in that gifting, what that, what that requires from us to see that fulfilled in our lives, in our day-to-day, and um, that's what I'm going to be preaching on. So we're going to be going through um, the book of Exodus, Exodus 31, um, and we're just, going to, we're just going to read through this and What's happening in this chapter is uh, God is detailing to Moses about the building of his, of his temple, the building of the, the dwelling place of God, and talking about who's going to build it and how they're going to build it. And um, I really felt, you know, as I was seeking God on this message, I really felt God put this on. So we're just going to read this. So, yeah, Exodus 31, verse 1. I'm going to go to 11. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. To design artistic works, to work in gold, in silver, in bronze, in cutting jewels for setting, in carving wood, and to work in all manner of workmanship. And I, indeed I, have appointed with him... Aholiab, the son of Ahishmach, <laughs> of the tribe of Dan, and I've put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans, that they may make all that I've commanded you. And this go, it goes on to list everything in there, from the tabernacle of meeting, the ark of the testimony, the mercy seat that is on it, and all the furniture of the tabernacle. And it just goes on to list everything that will be in the temple. But here are a few things that, that God does in, in calling us and gifting us. And the first thing that, that God says is God calls the man. It said in verse 2, it said here, See, I have called by name. The first thing he can do before he gifts you or anoints you or purposes you is, is to call you. And, and today, as, as believers in Jesus, we have all been called. It says in, in Jude verse 1, it says, To those who are called, sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Christ Jesus, that we are kept in Jesus, that the calling is as secure as our, as our salvation is. It, he, he ties it all in. And second of, it, of all, um, God doesn't just call us, but he equips us. It says there in verse 3, straight after he's called them, he says that I have filled with them with the Spirit, with my Spirit. It's one of the first, times, one of the first few times in the Bible that God even talks about filling people with his Spirit. And he, not only does he call you, but he equips you and ordains you and anoints you to walk in that calling. With his own spirit, the spirit of God himself. God doesn't, 
look for your own ability or your own strengths. He gives you his strength. He gives you who he is so you can walk in what he's ordained you to walk in. And then another thing, this is the gifts and the callings of God are for one clear purpose. Here it was to build his house. God, when he ordains and commissions us, it's not for building something for ourselves. It's to build what he desires. And God doesn't expect you to do it on your own. He, he puts his ability, he puts his spirit in you. And it's to build his house. It's all for his glory. And this is how God equips us to walk in his will and calling by anointing us with his spirit. You know, there's nothing that we can do outside of God that's worthy of him. There's nothing. It's, it's even, even said in Isaiah before Jesus came, he said, your righteousness is like filthy rags before me. It's not, you don't come close to what I need. And, and that, but God does want you. He wants, he wants to help you and enable you to fulfill the purpose that's on each of your lives and the gifting that, that he has for all of us. There's nothing that we can do. We can't even be fruitful or, or bring anything of value without, without the Spirit of Jesus. That's why um, Jesus says in John 15, he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. You know, notice he didn't say you, you, you won't do anything. He said you can do nothing. There are things that you can do, but it will have no value in the end. It will have, if it hasn't got God's hand on it, if God has not purposed it for you, it has no value to him. It has no eternal value. And this is what God looks at when he calls you. He also wants to anoint you and ordain you with his gift, with his spirit. There's plenty of things that we can do thinking it's for God. There's things that we can go in our own way and we can, we can say it's in the name of, of God. We can be successful in what we want to do and say, you know, thank God at the end of it. But if it's not what God has ordained for us, if it's not the gifting that God's purpose for us, it's not, it has no value to him. That's not what he desires of us. He desires true dependence on him. And again, I, was, I want to clarify that the gifting that God has for us isn't just what we're good at. You know, these people, if you, in verse 4, it said that these were gifted, gifted artists. These were people that were good at what they were doing. But God didn't just say, they're gifted, I'll let them go. He still had to fill them with his spirit. You can't, it's not, your gifting isn't just about what you're good at. And there are plenty of examples in the Bible where God has used someone that they're not good at that at all. And God equips them with his spirit. So this isn't, the gifting of God is not just about what you're good at or what you feel, what you feel your strengths are. That's why in the Bible we said, when I'm weak, then I'm made strong. It is that dependence on Jesus. And, some, and oftentimes he will call you to stuff that, that is outside of your comfort zone. But that builds true faith and obedience to Jesus. Only by God's gifting are we able to serve God in his ability and in his desire. And in the next part of this chapter, I want to look at what that means from us, what that means from us after we've been gifted, after we've been called by God, what that means, how do we walk in that? So we go from, from verse 12 to 18. I believe this really speaks of that. And it says here in Exodus 31, verse 12 onwards, it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak also to the children of Israel, saying, Surely my Sabbaths you shall keep. For it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy to you. Everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death. For whoever does any work on it, that person shall be cut off from among his people. 
Work shall be done for six days, but the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Therefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And when he had made an end of speaking with him on Mount Sinai, he gave Moses two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone written with the finger of God. You think about that. God, God ordains his covenant with the people, and he writes it in his own finger. He writes it. He goes, this is my will for you. This is how I want you to walk with me. You know, it's interesting. After God um, anoints and calls the people, he instantly goes to instituting the Sabbath for them. You know, this isn't the first time he's mentioned the Sabbath, but this is the first time he's mentioned the Sabbath with regards to the people that are working. You know, they were in the desert at this time. It wasn't like they, were, they had a lot to do. But now with the people he's called, he says, I'm going to institute a Sabbath before you, even as you're working. And I believe that the Sabbath and the, the institution of the Sabbath is essential to us walking in the gifting, walking consistently. You know, something that I've learned rec- recently and something that is so key is that, you know, how you finish is so much more important than how you start. That longevity is so honored in the kingdom of God and, and consistency and how you finish is, is of true value. That is, that is the great value in our walks. And the Sabbath symbolizes a few things, but one of the key things it symbolizes is obedience to the Lord. That is the key thing. It says in verse 13 here, it says, it says, here, it says you shall keep it. My Sabbath, you shall keep. It is the first thing he says. When he, when he appoints him, he says, okay, this is the first thing I want you to observe is the Sabbath. I want you to walk in this first. The Sabbath is, speaks of many things, but one of the main things it speaks of is that Jesus is the master builder. It speaks that Jesus is the one that does this all. It's not us. It's why even Paul said, he said, I plant, he says of his co-worker, he said, Apollos waters, but it's God who brings the increase. He says, I can't bring the increase. It's not me. I'm not, I'm not the architect here. I, I'm a co-laborer of God, but it's God who anoints it. Another word here for us. To, uh, to sanctify, it said, he said, I am the Lord who sanctifies you. Another word for sanctified is to, it's to set apart, to consecrate, to dedicate. In, in what he's saying, he's saying, I am the God who dedicates you. You can't even walk in this calling if it wasn't for me. I'm the one who has purposed you, and that's why you must keep the Sabbath. You must keep obedience to me. You know, I'm the one who has chosen. I'm the one who has anointed you. Remember that I am the God who dedicates you. I am the one who has set you apart and for this very purpose has filled you with my spirit. That's why he said, he said, he said you shall keep it so that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. It is a part of the Sabbath is a remembrance of Jesus. It's making sure that you are always focused on Jesus, that you know it's, it's him and him alone. You know, the, the Sabbath is vital for us today still. This isn't just an old covenant thing. In terms of obedience to Jesus, it's still vital. It ensures that we're always using our gifts and our calling to serve Jesus, that we're not doing it for ourselves. It takes, it takes yourself out of it. If you think of it in the natural, it's, it makes no sense. Why would you take time away to be with Jesus 
if what you're building and establishing isn't even for him. There'd be no point. You might, you might as well just carry on working. Or if you're having a rest, rest and do whatever you want to do. But it has no, there would be no value in it. Why would, you, why would you set time away to Jesus if he wasn't the one that ordains it and builds it? You know, if you look, if you look in, in the world today, if you read any book or interview by, by a CEO or someone highly successful in their field, you know, one of the main things people talk about today is, is how few hours of sleep they get at night. It seems like they can't go a day without telling you that they only sleep on five hours, three hours, six hours. And that makes perfect sense in their world. If you want to be efficient and if you want to be productive in what you do, then you would dedicate more time to it. To get ahead of other people, that's what you do. You'd be building your own ministry. You'd be building your own kingdom, your own empire. Well, then you would dedicate more time. It makes perfect sense. But God goes against that by saying, you must take time away to be with me. Because I'm the one who builds you. I'm the one who dedicates you. I'm the one who consecrates you. And that's why, that's why it's so important. That's why God valued it so highly that they spend time with Jesus, even in their work. And that was what the Sabbath truly represented. It was an act of obedience and faith. It said that, God, you are the one that is building this. It's your desire. You're the one that's called me and gifted me. And it's your gifting, it's your mercy, it's your will, it's your anointing, and it's for you and you alone. And if you want me to take a day to be with you, if you want me to obey you in all the other things, I will obey you because it all comes from you anyway. This isn't, this isn't about me. You know, it's very, it's very easy to, you know, and I've, I've, sure, I've done this so many times, but to, to have God, you know, speak to you or use you in a way and then you get confident in that, you build, it, you build it up confidence in yourself, and you think you can just do whatever you want. You think it's a green light. Yeah, it's not a green light, is it? It's not a green light to do whatever you want. But actually, the, the, the true walk of God is, is obedience to him. I think, you know, growing up, I was always praying, God, show me what your will is. Show me what your purpose is for my life. But there is a responsibility that comes with that as well. You know, it's like the parable of the talents. When God gives you the talent, now you've got to, walk, you've got to do it as he instructs. If, God tell, if you pray for God's will and his calling, he'll give it to you, but then you've got to walk in it, and you've got to obey him in it. You can't, you can't then go and do your own thing. So it comes with great responsibility when you, have to, when you know the calling of the Lord is to walk in his way. And then the last part here, if we read from Exodus 32, just the first five verses... I want to show a contrast of what it is to, to disobey God in the gifting. So it says here, Exodus 32, verse 1. It says, Now when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, Come, make us gods that shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And Aaron said to him, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people broke off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the, God from their the gold from their hand, and he fashioned it with an engraving tool and made a molded calf. Then they said, This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. So when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made a proclamation and said, tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. Here we had the people that didn't want to wait and go God's way. 
they got frustrated, they got impatient, and they wanted to build their own way. They wanted to make their own God and go, go about it their own way. Later on in this chapter, you see God's judgment and anger and grieving at these people that they couldn't even wait for him after he brought them out and did all the miracles that he did for them in Egypt. And Moses had to, to intervene and had to intercede for them to, to keep them alive. But here, you might say, you might say well, Alex, there, there are no molded calves today. There are no overt statues that we have today of idols. But you have to look at what this represents. These were slaves that came out of Egypt. And they'd just come from Egypt into a desert. So how did they get the golden earrings? How would you have gold if you were a slave? Well, where would that come from? But in Exodus 3, earlier on, God said to Moses, not only will I get you out of Egypt, but you'll find favor with them that they will give you their jewelry. He says they will give you their gold and silver jewelry. Not only will they say you've got to leave, but the fear of the Lord will be so great in Egypt. They'll say, take our jewelry and just please go, because otherwise we'll die. So God gave them the golden earrings. God had gifted it to them. And here we see that the people used the gifting of God outside of obedience to him. They used the gift and they went about it in their own way. The, they worshipped God's provision and his gifting. It's so easy to be, be so close, but to be so far off. They took the gifting of God, they worshipped that, and they glorified that over Jesus. And if you see in verse 5, it said at the end where Aaron said, he said, tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. If you look at that in your Bible, the word Lord is in all caps, which means that they called that idol Yahweh. They called the God that they created, the sacred name of God, so sacred that in the Old Testament, they wouldn't even say the vows in the name. They couldn't even say the whole name. It, was, it carried such weight to it. They couldn't even say the full name. But these people had assigned an idol they built themselves, the sacred name of God. The gifting, that what God had given them, the provision and gifting of the God, they made that their God instead of God himself. There are people today and there are people where you know more about their calling than you know about Jesus that died for them. And that is, that is such a problem. That's such an issue when you know more, when you're more focused on the calling of God than you are on God himself, than you are on Jesus. It can go down a, a tough, tough road without him. People will try and maneuver themselves, maybe try and get a, force a promotion at work. If they do something good, make sure their manager knows. If, they, if they've been treated badly, make sure that it, that it gets punished and justice gets done. Or, or go to, from church to church to make sure, sure someone spots them and anoints them. But until you have God's anointing, it doesn't work. You'll get yourself in trouble. It's God's anointing, it's his gifting, and it's obedience to him. You know, for me, actually a couple of years ago, I had a, um, I was moving, I was going to a new job, and I had uh, two job interviews. Um, and I had one that was actually, a couple of people here know this, but I had one that was uh, out in Guernsey, which is an island just off France, um, next to Jersey. Um, and it was, a, it was a hedge fund job out there. And, um, and they flew me out there, um, stayed out in a hotel there, and... They took me around, and we went out for dinner and did a few interviews. And, um, and this hedge fund, it was like on the harbor. And they were like, uh, if you've ever been to Guernsey, like it's sandy beaches everywhere, like it's beautiful. It's basically France, right, like weather-wise. And um, oh man, I woke up in the morning at like six, I went down to the harbor and I was like, God, come on, let's, 
I can do this. Come on, just anoint me for this. This is what I'm called for. I know it. It feels right. And man, I spent, I spent like a week, nights praying and just praying, God, please. If, but I was like, God, if this is your will, then please. And I really brought it before God. And God didn't say a single word to me for those nights. I'd spend nights praying and, and nothing happened, not a word. And, um, and then I went to an interview at uh, another place in, in London. And just a couple of hours um, before I walked in, God spoke to me for the first time in like a couple of weeks. And I was like, okay, all right, this is the job. <laughs> I, I, I accepted the fact, all right, I'm not, I'm, not, uh, I'm not jetting away. But even when it doesn't look like what you want or it doesn't fit your desire, being in the center of God's will is um, the most fulfilling thing that you can have. You know, for me today, through that, I was able to meet Hannah. We got married. We're expecting a baby. And God, God has taught me so much and, and brought me through so much. That I know that if I would have disobeyed him and forced through the other job, that I would not be, I would not be anywhere near where, where God has me today. And there is, a, there is, a, there is a, a true honor in obeying the Lord in your gifting. Um, and, and when you are walking in the gifting of God, you can, you, it doesn't matter what you face. If you're facing struggle or persecution or opposition, you refuse, you refuse to turn back because you know if God has anointed me for this, I'm not the one that, I'm not the one that chooses when this stops. I'm not the one that, that walks away. I, I don't dictate the rules. You know, and, that, and that's why in Romans says, he sa- it says, all things work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. If you're walking in the purpose of God and you love God, all things will turn together for good. That is God's desire. You know, and I just want just to clarify as, as we close that there is a difference between gifting and serving. Um, you don't need to seek God to, work, to find out if you need to serve or not. That is a, that's a, that's a commandment that Jesus instructed for everyone to have. That's not, a, that's not a wait on God to see if I should serve or not. This is, this is really talking about the, the anointing of God on your life. And, um, and just that everyone in here is called and anointed by God. That's why in Romans eleven twenty nine 29, it says, the gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable. There is no expiry date on it. There is no, even if you've, even if you've turned back in the past, you can still follow Jesus and you can still walk in what he has ordained for you. Thank you for watching this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at info at or check out our website at www.centre-church.uk.